0: Doom bit. Doom doom, doom, doom bit, doom doom bit, doom bit, doom doom bit. This is the Hoffcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hoffcast. This is Friday. Uh, where are we? Uh, October sixteenth. It's been a hot minute, and uh, I had my first show. Uh, my first show in 222 days, it was the first time I had been on stage in, what is that, six, seven months since March 7th, and at the Omaha Funny Bone, they opened back up and, uh, and, and we're doing some shows to raise money for the staff and the club, help them get back into it, and, uh, and I got called out, and I want to thank, um, I want to thank you guys for keeping me honest. You know, I've gotten I've gotten emails and I've gotten messages before like, "Hey, where's the podcast? Are you okay?" <laughs> Somebody was checking in on me. <laughs> I appreciate that. And then uh, last night as I was as I was meeting people after the show, we didn't do a traditional meet and greet. It was kind of like a distanced thing as people were leaving, uh, you know, I wanted to tell everybody thanks for coming and and say hi from a distance. And I want to thank <laughs> the gentleman who said, hey, how about a podcast? How about getting on it there? You know, after getting emails and stuff like that, those those are easy to say, yeah, yeah, I know, I need to get back on it, but being called out face-to-face, that I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. I need to just get on it. Like, everybody has things going on in their life, right? Everybody has things going on. But, um, but you still need to find the time. I don't care. And there have been so many times over the past few weeks where I was, I you know, I looked in the mirror. I said, "You should do the podcast now." And uh, and then I just, I d I do it this afternoon, or I'll do it tonight, or I'll do it tomorrow. It's it's not a big deal. But you just gotta do it. Like who cares? That that's the whole thing. I forget. What episode number what it was, but it was Ryan Stout who said, you know, no matter what you're doing, just just do something. Just do it. Like I you don't have time to go to the gym for a full hour workout. Like go walk one mile. Like do ten push whatever you can do, just do something. It's something in the right direction. It doesn't have to be all the way. It doesn't have to be perfect. But um but just do something. And so here I am, I'm, I, it's early in the morning, I've got obligations today, uh, before the two shows tonight, but I said, you know, get up, hit that alarm, get up, do it, you've got plenty to talk about, Lord knows, you've been off for almost a month now, you <laughs> you got lots of things happening, You, first of all, I, uh, I officiated the wedding that I've been telling you guys about. Happy to announce they're still married. One week later, went off without a hitch. And, you know, I felt good about it. I felt good. I told some personal stories about the bride and groom, brought the family into it, uh, gave a shout-out to the Lord, which is important. And um, and then we were in and out of there. I think the whole ceremony was like 25 minutes. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, and I, I enjoyed doing it. The one thing I will say about uh, officiating... A wedding that's different and and unfortunately and like I think everything went fine but unfortunately you know my my stage uh persona after not having done it at that point for 215 days I still had the instincts there right to talk to the crowd and I wish I had honed it in a little more and just talked to the bride and groom but I was also trying to project the, the sound wasn't the best it was an outdoor wedding because of the whole COVID thing so I was trying to I was trying to bring everybody in, but i, I if I had it to do again, I would have maybe focused more on the two people right in front of me as opposed to talking to the, everybody in attendance. Um, but they're still married. We did the night before, <laughs> I, and I and I told them I was going to do this, and everybody kind of thought it was a joke, but I, I gave them marriage counseling the night before. You guys knew. You guys knew I was going to do it, and I gave them marriage counseling the night before. We kept putting that off. Because uh, just thing after thing uh, was happening with the wedding, but then finally the night before, I was like, "Hey, push comes to shove, we got to get this accomplished." So I sat him down. and We had a good talk for like 45 minutes. And I I hope I pushed him off in the right direction. Um, I think they're gonna be great, and uh, it was a blast. I, I'd be willing to do it again. I was un- I was uncertain, but uh, I would I would be happy to uh, now that I've I've been uh, official and certified by the uh, WWW, the World Wide Web, that's not the, uh, what was the WWE, there was a WWW, no there wasn't, the wrestling, there wasn't a WWW, it was WWF, World Wrestling Federation and now they changed the WW, I don't know, I I don't follow that, Um, but now I'm certified so if anybody else wants to be married, you can hit me up. And uh, we'll see if we can work it out. If it's somewhere where I'm gonna be, you know, I don't, I don't mind getting in there and getting a little rough and rowdy. But you're gonna have to sit and listen to me. Uh, we're gonna have to do the, uh, we're gonna have to do the, um, the the wedding counseling, the marriage counseling beforehand, because I'm not gonna shove you off in the wrong direction. I, I don't want a black mark on my record. Okay, I got a buddy who, uh, who used to do comedy, and he's married like six people and he said unfortunately two of them are already divorced he's like i don't have a great record he's like i don't want to take all the blame for it but listen i'd feel bad if i married people and and they didn't it didn't work out so only if you're serious hit me up though i'm i'm kind of willing to do it it was fun it was fun to be a, and to be a part of something so special. Like forever I'll be in their minds when they think about their wedding. Like I still remember our priest when I got married. So for it's kind of a cool position to be in, you know. You're the you're the minister and then when I, <laughs> we were filling out the uh marriage certificate and I had to like, you know, sign my name and then it asked for title, but it said it was it was required. <laughs> so i was like I don't, I don't know what title to put like a, not a doctor i just put reverend I, I don't know if that i don't know if i was supposed to put efficient or whatever but there is a <laughs> at city hall there is a document that says nicholas hoff reverend on it as an official document so uh that happened um my wife we we came to nebraska the wedding was in nebraska and um and my wife wanted to go up a couple of days early to help her sister get ready um, for the ceremony. She's like, "I need to go there and be there for her." So uh, my parents said, "Well, so Nick can have the van, so he's with the kids. You, you take, you take one of our cars." And uh, so she took my mom's car, and uh, right away, boom, towed. Right, like, like <laughs> not not two days later, not over the weekend. It was like she got there, helped, and uh, eight hours later, she's like, "The car was towed." It's gone. <laughs> and she's crying and the bride's crying, I'm so sorry. I got your parents' card out. But it, we're like, It's fine, what the hell. Um and so uh they you know, this happens frequently and I don't know I don't know what this is, but so often somebody will treat someone I know. Just with like these blinders on. I don't know if you've run up to somebody who's just like such a rule follower that they put on blinders and they're not willing to make any exceptions. And this is the type of person that bothers me the most out of anybody. Just someone who's not a human being. They're just a robot and they're like, these are the rules and this is what we do. And we can't break the rules and I can't bend them at all. And you're like, come on, look at me. I'm a human being. Like, I know I'm wearing a mask and it's hard to tell, but like, look look at me listen to me let's let's figure this out let's problem solve together and the problem was this guy uh sarah was crying because the guy you know who towed the car then said i cannot release the car to anybody who is not the owner of the car and we're like okay well the owner is two and a half hours away i was loaned this car can they call you nope they have to be here the only other thing this is this is the tow truck guy this turd the only other thing that i would possibly accept is if they wrote a a notarized letter with wet ink and you cannot email it you cannot text take a picture of the letter you cannot you cannot fax it none of that it has to be the actual letter has to get to me and then maybe i will release it we're like Okay, but they're still two and a half hours away. Like, that's still somebody has to drive it, or you got to mail it, so that's days down the road. You cannot take anything. And my mom even called the guy. She goes, look, we're, you know, we're two and a half hours down the road. Like, we can't get there right now. Will you accept? She even said, if I go down to the police station, okay, we we... Grew up in a small town, all right? (laughs) You know the police officers. They're willing to do things like this. That's the awesome thing about being in a small town. You try to pull this stuff in a huge city, and they're going to laugh you out of the police station. But my mom's like, what if I go down to the police station, show them that here, this is my car, here's the VIN number, and then they call you. Uh, Would you accept that? Nope. Nope. Can't accept that. Has to be the letter with wet Ink. He kept saying wet ink. And I just wanted to reach through the phone and just wrangle his little neck like wetting like work with us here, okay? And, and we were nice. We were cordial in the beginning. Like, how do we figure this out? Like, like help us problem solve. And he's like, Well, I can't do this because I don't want to get sued. I'm like, okay, listen, it's the police calling you. They're gonna they're not gonna lie to you. Like, come on, dude, like get off of your little this is the policy and work with us. Nope, wouldn't do it. And now I'm getting mad, right? Now I'm on the phone with him and (laughs) and my mom's being diplomatic, and I'm like, what what is your name? and he told me his first name. I go, what's your last name? He goes, I'm not going to tell you my last name, (laughs) but he had already told me he owned the company. So it wasn't hard to find who he was like, that's a quick 10 seconds on Google. So I'm now I'm looking at pictures of this guy. I'm like, look at this sniveling little twang that, (laughs) that has towed the car and now won't work with us. So, uh, I will announce that it had a happy ending. Uh, not, not in that way, but, um, the uh my my sister-in-law who's who was the the apartment complex where it was towed where she lives she talked to the person in the comp- apartment complex says hey it's never been towed before like what the, what is this and they're like yeah it's a new policy we're so sorry it wasn't meant for people like you it was it was meant for uh cuz now they're i guess they're selling parking spots and so uh but a lot of the residents aren't paying for parking they'd rather park in the guest parking so now they're, they're trying to curb that by towing cars out but it wasn't meant for actual guests so they're like you know what we're gonna waive the fee and so they yeah, somehow somehow that that worked and the guy like didn't charge anybody anything and <laughs> so uh, aside from being a little uh bothered and then my parents actually having to luckily they were already going to a wedding um in Omaha later that week, so the, a couple of days later, they were able to get there, get the car, but they said it was a whole sketchy operation, the guy was nice, and they said, it, you know, because we were nice, but at a second there, I was yelling over the phone, I was like, why the hell wouldn't you do this, like, how do you get this, like, you should change the policy, he's like, I'll never change the policy, and... And he goes, you know what, you can yell at me, okay? I'm a tow truck guy. I'm used to, nobody likes the tow truck guy. And I was like, actually, I think you provide an excellent service for whatever you're doing. But, I mean, it's your policy, your own company's policy of not being flexible on how to release it when there's extenuating circumstances. That's why I'm pissed at you. I understand why you towed the car. She put it in the wrong spot. She was there for too long. She, you know, that can happen. I'm mad that now you're not willing to work with us from two and a half hours away. But... You know, all's well that ends well. That happened. But I hate, I hate tow truck companies unless you need them. And that, so, you know, I've had my car towed before where I called the co- tow truck company and I was like, hey, I need you to come get it. It's broken down on the side of the road. Boom. Beautiful. Love the tow truck company. Y- you know, I-, I had my car towed in college. I went, it was freshman year, and me and some of the guys from my floor went to a, uh, like an 18 and over club, you know, we couldn't get into bars yet, we weren't 21, but we could go to the dance club, and we could go hang out and pretend like we're special, and I parked, uh, I drove, and I parked the car over in, um, parked the car over in Big big Ten Liquor Store, because uh, it was right next to the club, they had a huge parking lot, no cars were in there, like two cars in like a 50-car lot, I was like, there, that, put it right there, ignoring the gigantic signs that say "Hey, parking for big oh," it was not Big Ten liquors; it was Big Red liquors in Bloomington, Indiana, and I and I parked it there, and, you know, ignoring those huge signs. I didn't even see them. I wasn't even thinking. You know, I grew up in a small town. Park anywhere you want. Just throw the keys wherever. It doesn't matter. Leave it running. Nobody's gonna mess with it. So I just parked it there. We went to the club, came out two hours later. Where the hell's the car? Oh, hell, it's been stolen. Somebody stole a car. Who steals my car? And then somebody points out, oh, there's that giant sign on the wall right in front of where we parked, like, hey, this is for big red liquors only. Do not park here, you dumbass. And I was like, oh, no. And it said, call this number. But this was, you know, I was only a freshman in college. I didn't have a cell phone yet. And so uh, my buddy who had one... He called it. Uh, shout out to uh, Pennsylvania's Andrew Stork. Don't know where he is now. Uh, he, he transferred after freshman year, probably because he had to come with me to this tow truck company. Um, so we're like, oh, damn it. Okay, so we call the tow truck. Yep, we're open. Come. Uh, and so we have to take a taxi. This is pre-Uber. This is pre-Uber, so I got to call a taxi from my friend's phone again. <laughs> and uh, we go down to the, to the the um, to the impound lot, which these places, by and large, and I understand why, right? Like, they don't want to, they don't want to, like, buy a place in the most expensive part of town. So you go to the rough neighborhood, you know, out in the, out in the boonies. And you, and there you are. And, and then there's like this gate and the locked door. Zzz, they got to buzz you in. You go in. Luckily, I had my buddies with me, you know. So we, we were rolling deep. And, uh, and we go in there and the guy's behind glass like he's a banker. And, and then there's this, this dude hanging out, this this guy just hanging out in overalls. You know, looks like he hadn't showered in seven and a half weeks. And uh, we go in there. I was like, "Hey, uh, my car was in a lot, and now it's not." And I'm mad. Okay, I'm mad. Like I'm looking at this empty lot, and I'm like, "Why? Why did they have to take a car out of an empty lot? Like we weren't hurt. I wasn't in a fire zone. Like they weren't hurting for spaces. This is just predatory." is what it is. You're just trying to make money at this point. Like It doesn't matter. And I get it. Like You let one guy park in there, and all of a sudden, you got every Tom, Dick, and Harry in your lot. But I'm just kind of like, what in the hell? Why was this so important on a Friday night to take my car? <laughs> and um so I go up there. And I was like, hey, you, you took my car. <laughs> and I've probably got a shitty attitude. I probably do have a bad attitude about it. I go, hey, you took my car. And they're like, okay, that'll be... And I forget what it was. I think it was like two hundred bucks. And I'm like two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. Isn't that a little egregious to pay for a service that I didn't want? This is <laughs> this is where my head was. It's like I didn't want the car to. Because up till then I had only like experienced tow trucks. Like if you need a towed, you call them and they help you. Not not. Ooh, they took my car without my permission. Like this is where my head was. I was like you, you. Now you're making me pay for a service that I did not want. I probably even said, how is that constitutional? How are you going to make me pay for something I don't want? And the guy goes, this is the way it is. You know, the, the liquor store pays us to take it. And I was like, I, I'm so mad. I'm arguing with this guy. We're going back and forth. And I think in my stupid brain that I've got a chance. You know, I'm like an athlete trying to argue uh, with a referee over a call. Like, then I've never seen them overturn a call Just because you said, hey, that's not the way it's supposed to be. He caught it, didn't he? He caught it. And I've never once seen them overturn a call. I don't know why they continue to argue, probably because you feel like you need to. But I'm arguing, and in my head, I'm winning. In my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's seeing the light. He's seeing that this shouldn't have happened. But it's not. It's not. The guy's arguing back with me, and we're going back and forth, and all of a sudden, I say something, and the guy who's just sitting there, he's just loitering, he doesn't work... Doesn't work at the impound lot. He's just sitting there, hasn't showered in forever, and he's got, like, three teeth, and he just goes, I, I said something to the guy behind the glass, and then this guy just goes, Well, the and oh, it, you know, you can't go over here. you going to take your bath, send him bow. And I looked at him, and I looked at the guy behind the glass, And he goes, well, there you have it. I was like, what? I looked at all my buddies like, did anybody catch any of those words that just came out of that guy's mouth? Like, either he's drunk or he's been kicked in the head by a mule deer. Like, what the hell was that? And the guy behind the glass just goes, well, there you have it. I was like, what in the hell? And I was so dumbfounded. I was like, "All right," And I just handed over my credit card like, I guess I'm not going to win. If that's if that is the level of argument that I'm up against, just an unintelligible rant of 15 seconds from this <laughs> from this half-width that's just hanging out at the impound lot at midnight on a Friday, like, okay, I, I, I stand corrected. I thought I was making headway with my arguments, but it, it it is now clear to me that I'm not dealing with anyone that I want to be talking to any longer. So I was like, all right, take the money and uh, just give me my car and let me get the hell out of here and even after you pay you got to wait like the 10 minutes they're like well we got to find the car we got to bring it out to you you can't just go back there and get it so then you're just waiting there and the guys sitting there the whole time my friends like dude this sucks i'm sorry i'm like ah, whatever i guess live and learn right i'm i'm in college for an education now boy oh boy i'm getting it and i you know what i i will say this i check signs now Ever since then, I check sign and I'm diligent about it. Like, what does this say? Sometimes you got to decipher, like, okay, no good on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1130 to 1145 uh, when there's a full moon out, can't park here, and you're just checking everything, and you're like, okay, I feel good about this. We can leave it here. And I have not had my car towed since then, but now here we go. Sarah got one towed, and she was mad, but I was like, all right. You know, this this hat, whatever, just deal with it. I, I kind of just want to deal with things. I want to move forward. I don't want to, um I don't like crying over spilled milk, as it were. I just want to wipe the milk up. Uh, but that doesn't stop me from arguing with the guy, I guess. Uh, but I got nothing else to do. I got nothing else. I'm just watching kids and, and marrying people and coming back to comedy and doing a podcast. My God, you know, can't watch sports. Sports have no meaning anymore. I try to watch football. It's just not as exciting. I and I don't think it's I don't think it's the fans. I don't think because they're piping in sound. It feels like you're watching real football, but it just it, the stakes don't seem as important anymore. And I don't know if that's a factor of age. I, I I attribute it to COVID. I think I think we've just had our eyes open to like other things that are happening. And and you see, it's not real. Like you watch a movie now. And and you see people walk up to each other without masks. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why aren't you wearing a mask? What's going on? You can't be that close. That guy just sneezed. Like, why are you guys rubbing faces? Oh, are you going to kiss that dude? Has he been tested? (laughs) Not not for AIDS, but for covid. Has he had a covid test before you smooch him? And these are old movies I'm watching like like, you know, two, three, four year old movies. 10-year-old movies that I'm watching, I'm co- and now you're seeing them through this different lens. You're like, too close. Everybody is too close. Watching Breakfast Club, you're like, why? You guys should be sitting way further apart than that. Get out of here. It's They just have less meaning, and, and you don't have anybody to talk about it. You don't see anybody regularly. Like, oh, did you see the game last Sunday? Like there's none of that so just games just i don't know if you've felt that uh they just seem less important that's why i'm so excited to get back doing shows cuz kind of get back to a sense of normal and yeah people some people in the audience were wearing masks and some people you know some people weren't and and you had to come in with a mask and then you could take it off once you got to your seat people eating and drinking enjoying uh but it was good to get back up there you know there were there were some rocks in the gears there there were a couple jokes where I was like trying to get back, you know, I I did some new jokes, so that felt good and and that's always kind of, you know, you're trying to wear new clothes. That's what a new joke feels like. You're kind of like, is this right? Is this a thing? And you're like, this is why I think it's funny. Do you guys think it's funny? And so I did a lot a fair amount of that. That was fun. But then there was, you know, about half of like these are jokes I've told before and and trying to get back in the groove of telling them. And there's kind of, you know, there was a little hitch in my step. But I think everybody still had fun. I had fun, and I could tell it, this isn't as smooth as it normally goes, but, you know, everybody kind of embraced the situation. Everybody knew what was happening. So it was good to just get back out there. I want to thank the Omaha Funny Bone. We got two more shows tonight and two more shows tomorrow night. Um, I tell you that only because, uh, you know, I'll probably be talking about it next week because they're already sold out, so we don't have to worry about any of that. But I'm hoping to get back to Omaha when they're fully open and, and, um, yeah I think they were only allowed to sell to like half capacity or something, but when they're fully open, I would hope to get back uh you know I'm hoping to get back out there on the road this is this is gonna suck if I do this and then I'm off for another couple months so i i gotta like i gotta chase this feeling i' gotta, gotta chase this high right i gotta keep going and um and so i'm gonna do that and i i'm I'm reinvigorated about stand up you know it'd been i had to to save myself i had to leave it dormant you know it's like you can't be thinking about disneyland twenty four seven you know, until it's time to go, right? If you gotta you you're gonna take a nice uh a nice vacation. You can't just like dwell on it twenty four seven. You gotta do what you gotta do. You still gotta work. You still gotta do your day to day things. Uh but then like as you're headed to the airport, now you can dwell on it. Now you can think about it. But uh so I haven't allowed myself to do that with stand up, but now it's time. It's time again. So I wanna get back into it. Dealing with A lot of other things. Uh, We're in the middle of a refinance. I don't know if you've done that. It's a frickin' nightmare. I mean, it's a nightmare if you have a a job where you just have one source of income and just one W-2, and you're like, here's my income— Here's what it is. Meanwhile, I've got (laughs) I got thirty ten ninety nines and a couple of W twos and uh, I got all these weird things coming in because I work in all these different states and so it's it's like a full rectal exam. I didn't want to do it, but the rates got too low and I was like, all right, you just you just got to bite the bullet and it's essentially like doing your taxes is what a refinance is. So we're going through all that. And by the way, refi is a racket when they charge you the closing costs i'm like hey listen i just bought this place 3 years ago just it's i'm still the same guy here's my here's my uh, tax return Do what what why 60 days to close why does it cost thousands of dollars in closing costs cuz you guys just have to justify what you're doing maybe there's some bankers out there that actually nick it's a little more technical than that you really don't understand the ins-. yeah maybe maybe but looking at it on the surface i'm just like what's going on also they're like, well, we're not sure, you know, because of the pandemic, your your income's gone down. So we're not sure if you'll still qualify, even though the rate is lower. And I'm looking at them going, doesn't it make sense from your standpoint? Like, you own the loan. Like, I know you sold it to Fannie Mae, but, but they're the ones that are going to buy this new loan. Doesn't it behoove them to give me the better rate if they think that I can't afford, uh, you know, the old one? If I, If I can't afford the new one, I couldn't afford the old one. So, doesn't it behoove you to give me the better rate to ensure that I have a higher probability of paying you? Doesn't that make sense? Like, it doesn't make sense to say, you can't afford the lesser one. We're going to have to keep selling you the more expensive one. Like, you're, you're scrutinizing my income to protect yourself. So, why not protect yourself by giving me the better deal? Saying, okay, we better eke off a little bit to, <laughs> to make sure this guy pays anyway, the the whole thing is, is insane. And then, uh, and then my refi guy comes back. He goes, Hey, uh, looks like it's probably not going to work. Uh, we just, you, you just don't have the income. And I go, I don't understand. Like I, I, my income's pretty much the same as when you guys gave me the worst loan. So what's happening? He goes, well, and he wrote me this big, long email about how here's the math and here's how it works. And then, and then like, Two paragraph, three paragraphs down, and then the final sentence said, unless, like, when we uh, gave you the original loan in 2017, you had some W-2 income. That's a long shot, but do you have any W-2 income? I was like, hey, dipstick, yes, look, here it is. Like, it's on my tax return that I sent to you. Why would you not look at the entire—it's the top line that has, here's this total income. Why would you only go— to that one section and look at oh, I was just like, Yes, here it is. Here and he goes, Can you send me pictures? Yep, here are the pictures. Now I'm digging out my old my old tax folder and like taking these screenshots and sending them in. I was like, and this is this is after I had already gotten what he called our pre commitment letter. And you've got you've been pre approved and and we've already underwriting has already agreed to it. And now he comes back with, oh, I guess it's not gonna work unless you have this other income, which I always have. And I'm like, here it is. And he goes, Oh, I think we're good now. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. Give me a like I the whole time when I was like, what in the hell? And I I had to take like a stress walk it'd been maybe a decade since i had to take a just so i was like i just need to get out of the house i'm in a bad mood i just need to walk around and normally i'd go play basketball or something just to like blow off some steam but this is the only only the second time in my life i can remember like just needing to go for a walk and i just kind of took my shirt off and just walked around the neighborhood mad and, uh, <laughs> and then I got back and he sent me the email. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. You got W2. We're good now. Sorry about that. Uh, we're good. And I was like, shoot, dude, give me a heart attack. Like I already didn't want to do this. And now you're, you're peeing on my leg. Like I already didn't want to go through the refinances. Like I just rather, you know, I'd rather not go through it. I would just rather pay more. I don't care. I just want, I don't want to have this financial rectal examination. But then, when you bite the bullet and you do it, and then a guy goes, "Hey, yeah, uh, you're you're actually really poor, so you can't do it." I was like, "Oh no!" And then it turns out i'm not as poor as he thinks i just he just wasn't looking at the whole picture so hopefully that's going to go through i still don't understand what they're doing that was already two weeks ago so i still don't understand what the holdup is because he already said oh yeah underwriting said it's good okay blah 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 we're just waiting on final approval okay well you guys just go ahead and twiddle your thumbs over there while i sit here you know doing nothing oh crap i gotta get going um Anyway, yeah, so uh, uh, we're going through that, and and uh, we took the van across the country, but uh, and as we were doing that, I had to park my car in uh, our covered parking space, so because they have street cleaning, and the car would get towed or ticketed if I didn't move it uh, once a week. Um, and then I like turned it on, and the car was acting weird, and I just had the battery replaced. It just been at the I normally would replace my own battery, but there was something weird going on with the controls and the, and the connections. I was like, we just look at it. And, And so he looked at it and he did it. And now it's, it was doing something weird. And like the one block I had to drive it to get it in our covered parking, it was doing something weird. And I was like, you know what? I haven't driven this car for real in six months. I just I, I don't want this car anymore. I'm like, it's a hassle. We're paying the insurance on it. Like, I, I have to move it once a week. I That was all I had driven. It was just across the street to get away from parking. And so I was like, this is so stupid. I just want to get rid of this car. And I know it's not worth much. Like, I, I, nobody's going to buy the car for much money. It's really a huge hassle to do that. By the way, I recommend... This is how we got rid of uh our old car before we got the minivan is we took it to CarMax. Boom, they made an offer. It was a low offer, don't care. Just they they're going to do all the paperwork. It's going to be on the up and up. Cool. Cuz it's really hard to get rid of a car, did you know that? Did you guys know it's super hard? Like you can't just like sell it on Craigslist and transfer the money. You got to get appropriate paperwork and then I read you have to make sure that person like turns in their end of the paperwork they have to like get it registered to them because otherwise it's still technically your car even if you've filled out like the change of ownership unless they file with the court it's still technically your car so like tickets you get are still coming to you they could rob a bank with it and they're gonna come after you because that's your car you can't just like i wish you could just drive a car off a cliff and just be like there it is (laughs) And I guess people do that all the time. People abandon cars, and they just, like, I don't know if they have to, like, file down the engine block with the VIN number or what. But that's what I just kind of felt like. I was like, you know, I don't have time to go to CarMax. I wish I could just drive this car off a cliff while it's on fire and then just, you know, be done with it. And back in the day, you probably could. Back in the day when, you know, trash wasn't an issue, you could just kind of, you know— just, you know, put put it in gear and let it drive off into the middle of a field and just be like, Goodbye. Goodbye, old junker car. Can't do that. So when we get back to Los Angeles, I'm gonna have to face that. I'm gonna either have to if something's wrong with it, you know, it's maybe not worth fixing. Uh, but you gotta face that battle. So that's another thing I'm gonna have to face. I'll keep you posted on that. Um uh otherwise, that's that's the podcast. Sorry that it'd been so long. I appreciate uh those of you who've reached out And the guy who told me last night, like, get a podcast up, you turd. So thank you. Thank you for coming out to the show. Everybody that came out uh, uh, last night and the people that I'm going to see this weekend, I've heard from some of you that you're coming out. So it's going to be a blast. You know, I'm out there with Cable Guy and, you know, we're getting back into it. We got a bunch of new jokes, too, that we're working in. So it's exciting, you guys. I appreciate you listening. Thanks for coming back and sticking around. Uh, Leave a review. Um, I'm starting to post some dates. I've got Appleton, Wisconsin in February. I believe that's going to go through. That club's been open for a hot minute now. Um, And I'm adding more dates as we go. So keep a lookout on nickhoff.com. Add me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Say hello and keep your head up, you guys. When life... Uh, looks like dunes headed your way. We got to keep on biffing. So thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week.